of eat the rich podcast retired podcaster i'm so excited you you grabbed the mic once again to replace rob oh. full time this is quite this is a this is the announcement we're replacing rob full time yeah you know he what he's done was good um and uh, you know we want to give him all his due it is with mixed feelings that we that we uh, announced this change so you know i think you made the right decision frankly jordan and yeah i i'm honored that you 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 dusted off this old toy that's been sitting on the shelf for a year, not doing anything, just sitting sitting and brooding and researching and planning and making lists. But that's my what I do in my personal time. It's an honor to be on here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know if it's mixed feelings, but you know, Rob was he he <laughs> okay. wasn't he wasn't clutch. Uh, he would get nervous under pressure. He was he was missing missing shots late in the in the game making Got costly it. decisions. I think this is just an upgrade for the, for the insurgents team overall. It's an honor. It's an honor. I will, I will honor his name. Well, <laughs> well, it's, it's great to have you. It's great to talk to you. It's been a while. How have you been? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was prepared for a lot of questions. Not for that one. Uh, <laughs> me, I've been, you know, <laughs> I keep busy, Jordan, you know, if, if those that may, you know, um, recognize my voice from the the podcast eat the rich and my my contemporaries shane and carrie and chris and all that stuff and of course yourself jordan the you know uh, uh the long time uh, a friend of the show um you know we've been uh we've closed up shop for about a year and i've been uh dormant in a chrysalis metamorphosizing um and mostly just kind of sitting and 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 absorbing kind of all this knowledge and these the being accosted by these the horrible consent uh the, the consent factories that is the corporate news media and just understanding uh everything that's going on without an outlet to talk about it twitter's dead and sucks blue sky is fun uh and i'm enjoying that more and more um but it just doesn't have the same punch that, you know, that the, you know, the, in the times that Twitter, we would say like, oh, Twitter sucks. And now you look back on it and you're like, man, those were the good days. It's pretty grim. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough month, I can say, for everything that we as society as have been collectively experiencing, to say the least. The, the smoke, the, you know, the the heat waves, there's the the acute horribleness of, of climate change, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, so overall, I've been great. <laughs> Wonderful. You know, before we get into that, there's a maybe fun story that that mm. developed this week that I would like to get into first. And that All is right. this congressional hearing where uh, UFOs or UAPs were mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. acknowledged to exist or have existed and potentially are in the government's possession. 
along with non-human entities. Now, did you follow this story? What do you, what do you make of this? Should we be scared? Yeah, I thought it was really unfair to call Shane a non-human entity. He was just trying to pilot his, you know, his uh, his homemade drone. Um, so, you know, I thought it was an unfair characterization of him. Uh, and I'll and I'll mention that. I'll apologize on behalf of the committee. <laughs> I don't, man. I, I don't. I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't want to burst the bubble too soon because I want to enjoy this, right? Like, look. I grew up listening to Blink-182. I saw what Tom DeLonge had, had turned into. And like, and I never, I was never just like, man, I, that guy knows what he's talking about. None, none of this, none of the, the alien stuff has ever um, uh, 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 struck me as particularly, I don't know how to say it, like academic. It's all quite fanciful stuff. And I, I think it tugs on at the heartstrings of like, you know, the want to make sense of a world that barely makes sense especially in a world that increasingly makes less and less sense. Uh, but let me entertain it for a second. It's fucking hilarious. Like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome to have everyone like collectively to have somebody under oath go in front of the committee and be like, yeah, man, no, this got to tell you. Yeah. We have uh non-human entities. Yeah, sure. I'll send you the list of the people that have experienced the, uh, you know, the, the, the first handshake <laughs> inter, uh, you know, intergalactic handshake together. They're, they're, I have a list on my hard drive. I'll send it to you after the committee. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad that we saw this. Do I think it's real? Absolutely not. Do I live in hope? Always. <laughs> I I was thinking on the Tom DeLonge point, I was thinking last night how wild it is that a lot of what we have learned and are learning or hearing if you want to infer that it's not real, mm-hmm. a lot of this is prompted by Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. And there was a video so I good. watched. Yeah, it's incredible. There was a video I watched last night because I wanted to hear more about what he has to say about what it is specifically. And I found this video that is him on steve-o from jackass's podcast explaining i'm I'm so embarrassed to say that i've seen this but go on you know what i'm talking about where he's talking he's talking about how this isn't you know aliens or life forms from another planet he's talking about this and there's the school of thought which he subscribes to and he is convinced Mm -hmm. that this is what it is that it's it's an interdimensional thing and because time is effectively constant because of the stretch of time and because of, you know, astro, I'm not even going to try to get into astrophysics, but because of the stretch of time and because, you know, how the example he gave was you see the star in the sky, it's from thousands of years ago, which is because light takes so long to travel. It's kind of existing. This light is existing in various times as we think of time as, as linear. And what we're seeing through UFOs, through even to some extent, paranormal activity is this kind of ripple in actually like the space time continuum? I'm try. I, he does a Love better it. job synthesizing it, but you've seen this. I thought how, how I wild it is to hear this for the first time from a guy from Blink 182 and a guy from Jackass. Can, can you help us understand like what's the significance of the UFOs? Like, They're not say? coming from. Well, I should say this way. The significance of UFOs is is multiple parts, but 
Number one, it's not what you think it is. It's not coming from other planets. The evidence doesn't suggest that. Interdimensional. Yes. And the reason is because time is, um, <clears throat> time is parallel. It's not linear. Or it's not like we, we start here and go forward in time. Time is side by side, which means everything in the past and the future is exi existing in this moment, but within different frequencies. So a civilization that's at the end of their technological cycle could build a submarine that changes its voltage and materializes in that same location just into our timeline and then fucking okay. it's crazy it's it's funny to me i mean firstly let me let me just say this it is far weirder to me on like a societal level that uh the, the weirder thing that's come out of blink 182 is that the drummer of the aquabats is married to courtney kardashian let me just get that out there <laughs> travis barker is uh a uh, fucking hero of mine, drum drum wise, as I am a, uh, a I am a drummer, so I, I love that. Um, Tom Delonge, again, it's like the same thing as like the, the the Joe Rogan like guests and stuff like that. It's like a a dumb guy's idea of what a smart guy sounds like. It's it's just you know he's you, you, like he he says it the 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 sentences are crafted in a way not to meet like any you know academic rigors of like falsifiability and and you know recreatable you know evidence-based and quantifiable uh you know data and stuff like that it's just to to make you hear that and go like wow dude that's fucking nuts man uh and and he has a he has a legit company called to the stars if i'm not mistaken that yeah. is like you know that's focused on you know proselytizing this school of thought and he has a bunch of weird hangers on would I you if I had like him a seventy million dollar net worth? Would I be using it to do this? Probably yeah. something similar, just yeah, not that. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> it would be uh, it would be different uh, to say the least. I've got some ideas, and if anybody's interested in funding me, they can DM me for my cash app. But uh, it's 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 uh, it's, uh, it's definitely a choice, and I'm I I'll say this, Jordan. Love to see somebody passionate about something. I think it's Could it great. Use something different, absolutely. But you know, go for it, buddy. He's living. He's living our dream of of you know going into his special interest and you know taking it to the max. So good for him. Have you ever heard the Art Bell Area Fifty One call? No. Do I you haven't. know? Do you know who Art Bell was? He was a uh, uh, Arthur William Bell the Third was an American broadcaster. How did you not pull that up so idiot. fast? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Buddy, I am I am a faster <laughs> animal. I am just <laughs> flying. Yeah, so he was a like middle of the night AM radio personality who was imagine Alex Jones without the malice, um, and you know less insidious and more just kind of entertaining uh from what i remember because i listened to it a lot as a kid uh when i was like laying up at laying up at night more just kind of like the paranormal alien activity you know there's certainly some like you know secret government stuff but never school shootings didn't happen or white right. nationalism nothing like that he was just kind of harmless and fun uh, at in, in the middle of the night, a lot of like truckers would listen, but there was a call in '97 where someone claimed to be from Area 51, and they had 
information about aliens. Have you, and you've never heard this call because I, I can play this. No. Do you want to hear it? No. Absolutely, of course. Okay. So on my Area 51 line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, <laughs> well, look, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former employee. Um, I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago. And and I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh man, I don't know where to start. They're they're uh, they're, they're gonna um, they'll triangulate on this position really really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone. So give us something quick. Okay. Um. Um. Okay. What what we're thinking of as as aliens are there. Uh, they're, they're extra-dimensional beings that <laughs> an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with. Uh, they, they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of, of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they, the, the military, I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them. And there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now, Art. But they're not doing, they're not doing anything. They are not, they want the major population centers wiped out. So that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable. Discharge. <laughs> but then the uh, the transmission cuts out, and I, I started getting. And they say the the studio went down. The power to the studio went down, and they had to get the backup generators. So now well, the backup generators are up. This was certainly interesting. We are now on a backup system, everybody. <laughs> a backup system. And uh, you, that one caller that I had on the air, <laughs> I guess we were about in the middle of his transmission, his telephone call, which was a, one of the strangest ones I've ever had. And the entire transmitting system by satellite went down here. And we were notified we were off the air, and it would appear to be from this end and some sort of uh, massive transmit failure. So we are now using a backup system to be on the air. So he, he, he puts the call out. He said, oh, if you call back in, if you can, the person never calls back in. But I just thought this is I've always gone back to watch this clip on YouTube over and over again because it's just so it's so entertaining and I mean, I'm like 99% in the camp. This is just showmanship from a late night conspiracy radio host. But there's that 1% of me that really wants to believe. I was totally entertained. I, <laughs> I loved it the whole time. You know, I, I love a good scary movie. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Do I think that's what, you know, you know, people sound like when they're at their, you know, when they're it, it, 
how would I sound if I was in that situation where you sound like you're in you're in an acute? It sounds like someone was right behind him. I don't know. Very very interesting uh, take on it. I love the idea that there's a backup system to broadcast to a satellite. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he's in Pahrump, Nevada, or some Nevada. I think, if I'm not mistaken. So he's and he's yeah, he's like, listen, what you know, we 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 can't lose our three in the morning a.m. advertisers. We're going to lose money if we go down. So we got to have a backup system for this. We're going to invest in that to be able to broadcast to a satellite. You know, I, I just, you know, just thinking off the top of my head. Forgive me if, to, to, if I'm bursting any bubbles. I'm happy to just say that I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. The, these types of things I, I really, I really like. I like these kind of fun uh, plays by sensationalists or, uh, whatever you want to call it, conspiracy theorists, as long as it doesn't harm anyone or the conclusion is some racial or ethnic or whatever minority group is the reason that we're suffering. If it's stuff like this, who cares? Right. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, there's nearly, you know, I, I think the the amount of people that are, you know, hardcore conspiracy theorists that are also, you know, eugenicists, xenophobes, or otherwise racists are probably... a you know, two circles that have very little parts that don't touch each other. Uh, it's it's a pretty tight knit group, uh, to say the least. <laughs> but you know, and it all, man, I got to tell you, you know, if 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 what he said was true back in '97, it could have given us like you know a pretty nice 25, 26 year head start to unify as a as a globe, and uh, you know, fight have a, a unifying fight like against climate change, which it certainly would have come in handy then. Uh, and hopefully avoid the acuteness of what we're experiencing right now. And yet, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, population centers are controlled, but it's much more boring and it's much, uh, you know, not as sensational, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I want to pursue this and learn more about this, but I also don't want any government response to be, well, we need to beef up the Space Force or we need to beef, beef up various branches of the military, which I'm sure will be the inevitable conclusion the more this gains a stronger and f stronger footing in the mainstream. Because we, you now have branches of the government, members of Congress, acknowledging UFOs exist, potentially there's non-human life that we have found as part of these UFOs. The military it should not be our response to this. And I think, to get your point earlier, it's probably all bullshit. Yeah. The, the fear that I think they could easily instill if this is confirmed, especially with some sort of visual, because that's what we're lacking right now. The fear that they could instill would make it incredibly easy to funnel billions and billions, if not trillions into the military industrial complex just with without any pushback yeah i mean they're they've they've <laughs> under you know the good guys the biden administration they have increased the military budget you know the ndaa to you know unprecedented heights uh, without that so i i can i can see you know i could see <laughs> i could see biden you know conceding to you know the republicans because the republicans just jumped on it because they have no scruples and don't need to like have any sort of like moral reflection before they do something. So they'll just, you know, I could see Biden just being like, look, we got to look into this. We got to take, we got to take a look to see. Is this some, somebody coming from Mars. I remember 
seeing the, watching I was a kid. I saw the day the earth stood still, scared the snot out of me. I I had to sleep with my BB gun for two weeks. <laughs> Listen, we're gonna have to take money away from Snap to do this, but I could think of no other reason that'd be better than bipartisan support. He needs his Bill Pullman moment. You know, in Independence mm-hmm. Day, Bill Pullman up on that ship, yeah, uh, giving that rousing speech to the troops before they go and defeat the aliens. We need Biden to have that moment. Get him on an aircraft carrier, just stammering and stumbling through a speech, nodding off, and that rouses everyone, gets the entire country unified, and we go and defeat this thing that probably does not exist. I, he needs that moment. He's never had his bomber jacket moment. He's not doing, he, 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 no, seriously, he's not like, <laughs> there's none of that for him. Yeah. He's too, and it's because, I, I honestly believe, I mean, it's not like there haven't been like fucking insane disasters. I mean, you know, you know, could have gone, done the, done that thing with the Ohio, Ohio train derailment. You know, there's, there's like a million different things he could have done if he could have done it for. Um, And he's just, he's way, my take is that he's just way beyond that. Like he's he's so frail and fragile. He, he he's gonna trip on his shadow, and like he's gonna look like an asshole. And they the his handlers are just so entrenched in you know uh, doctoring and 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 manufacturing his image. I think it's just anything aside from you know his um you know his same tailored suits that he's had for the past like thirty years is just not gonna cut it. And they can't risk it. They can't risk it. We're gonna defeat these aliens. We're gonna. I, I saw so they they got a ray gun, and I think we're gonna we're gonna divert something from. We're gonna bolster up the Havana syndrome because we think we can fight their ray guns with ours. Speculating, <laughs> probably something like that. I've I've been applying to be a speechwriter, but nothing. no, no calls back. Mm-mm. One day, I'm sorry. Maybe they're yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna hire up for 2024. I think that's your opportunity. From one senile political figure to another, we have a couple mm-hmm. other stories in Congress reflecting Mm -hmm. our our gerontocracy uh Mm -hmm. problem so you have feinstein stumbling through a committee hearing where her colleagues need to remind her how voting works um Mm -hmm. and and kind of guiding her through that pretty standard procedure and then you have mitch mcconnell just completely blanking some speculating uh, maybe a mini stroke or some some severity of a stroke mid press conference, and these two things back to back just are really disheartening. And I know people made a ton of jokes. It's definitely funny, but also just bleak mm-hmm. because two these two people specifically yeah. are incredibly powerful and have outsized influence over all of our lives. And I'm not the type of person who's going to be like, we shouldn't make fun of this we shouldn't make light of it we need to think and pray about them and as you've seen some some (laughs) democrats do like this is a health emergency sure it is but you have reports of the pelosi family propping up feinstein to keep her in office longer to make it easier for adam schiff to take her spot versus someone like barbara lee and mitch mcconnell who has done untold harm to millions and millions of people through his entire career in the Senate. N- neither of these people really deserve sympathy in this moment. They both deserve uh, a swift ouster from Congress. What do you make of these two stories? What does it say to you about the state of our society? Glad you asked that, Jordan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you remember the movie Death Becomes Her? 
with no, Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. Never saw it. Was it was basically like, I, I mean, I've seen, I, I haven't seen it for, you know, 25 years, something like that. But it was basically like, you know, there's, they, these two women died, Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep, but they have a, a potion that kind of kept them alive as zombies, but their bodies are becoming necrotic and decaying. And they're like, you know, spray painting their limbs and stuff. So they don't look like they're gray and green and being eaten from the inside. That is exactly what I thought of. (laughs) uh, All of the squamous cells on Mitch McConnell, just kind of sloughing off in front of our eyes. Uh, And, and even more so one of my favorite, again, you know, my, you know, one of my things that I've, thought of for my entire life is you know the 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 consent manufacturing from the corporate news media and one of my favorite um lines from uh, uh uh cnn articles that came out today was health of aging senators senator feinstein appeared confused senator mcconnell froze mid-speech with older lawmakers when is it not ageist to ask about their health <laughs> and i was like what the fuck what are you doing <laughs> it's insane to me I, I I remember I remember in uh I remember in uh in college I was in a political science course one of few that I took and uh it they talked about the the end of the Soviet Union and kind of like the you know the collapse of the empire and and stuff and and in those last years it was just this kind of shuffling of aged bureaucrats like you know uh, and different kind of party apparatchiks that were a gerontocracy and, you know, these kind of like just holding on struggles of power and the vestiges of it for what was, you know, probably underlying it, you know, and understanding that like, Hey, this is kind of the end of this. The high watermark is far in our rear view. And I think, and I, and I said something to this effect on Twitter this week about like, you know, this is any, any, any film or media um, asset that we have that shows, you know, it's poking fun at that kind of stage of, of uh, the Soviet Union, and I'm looking at um, uh, Chernobyl and stuff, they kind of made a big point of this. It is just one big fucking exercise in projection because that is exactly what we're experiencing now. It's there's, there's no succession plan of power. There's no interest um, in, in, you know, turning, handing over the reins to, you know, uh, a more representative proportion of the population. Millennials, for instance, make up a bulk of the workforce and yet have a third cash on hand than the boomers have currently, I think I saw. And then and, and don't even fucking get me started on like assets and wealth and all that stuff. I mean, we're, it's, we're, it's a fraction, despite us making up the, the majority of the workforce. And I think that's purposeful, right? Because the power structures that exist, or if you just want to call it for what it is, like the the investments that have that capital has made in having their stewards, you know, in uh, uh, in in office, are the same people that have been there for the last fucking forty, fifty years. I mean, when did Biden get in office? He's he's been there forever, and so it is a very purposeful um, um, exercise on behalf of a partnership between capital. Uh, you know, the, 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 the our, our political leaders and the, the corporate news media to keep them in power because there is a, a uh, uh, um, like, a, you know, a shared interest, a class interest to keep them there. Because even though it is so fucking clear to literally that anybody looks at them for two seconds that they are dying on camera in front of us, 
again, people that have done fucking untold damage to our to our our, our planet and our our society. Um, it's it's insane. And furthermore, again, you know, you look at somebody like Feinstein, who literally told uh, 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 you know uh, a room full of tweens that like, oh, you care about climate change, then you run for office. I mean, again, this and that was several years ago by now. It's it's a it you always want to know like you, you want, when you look at and you see like the most disgusting, brutal things that, you know, our society and our, our global political system under capital uh, has to offer. You have to ask yourself, like, who is the beneficiary of this? And and the answer is, you know, it, it's capital. It's the the extremely and 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 narrowing field of individuals and their unborn heirs that stand to benefit from this shit. And uh, first off, go fuck yourself to anybody that like you know tries to defend you know these people. Uh, it's disgusting. It's abhorrent, and you are only looking to serve those interests that they are serving. That is full stop. We can have enemies. We can, we can, we can, we can dehumanize these fucking sicko pirates uh, uh, because they are they are fucking dis- disgusting themselves. I don't know if maybe Mitch McConnell was one of those non-human life forms that was in. Now that I'm thinking about it, in the uh, UFOs, I don't want to rule that out, but I'm going to look into that more. Please report back when you do uh, about yeah, about the Feinstein video. I keep going back to that. Every time there's a new story about her, you know, not being all there or her staff kind of ushering her throughout the halls of Congress or moments like this where she just doesn't know where she is in that clip of her talking to kids who were affiliated with Sunrise Movement. It was like 2018, 2019, 2019. She explicitly says, I know what I'm doing. And every time we have a moment like this, it's just proof that no, no, she does not. And. When you have people like her and McConnell on the precipice of death, unwilling, (laughs) truly they are, unwilling to do anything about these existential threats that we're facing and we will face the consequence of, I don't know how you reach a conclusion or, uh, you know, feel anything other than spite and anger because these people have been obstacles to progress, obstacles to anything that could substantively and meaningfully combat climate change you know biden had sure had a big climate bill but it is not enough and they even acknowledge it's not enough it's one step in the right direction which is what we always hear whenever they do anything incremental but you need more and we have to do more because right now we're seeing july is the hottest month on record and we're, we're we're seeing water temperatures in florida that are this the narrative is quote hot tub, hot tub levels right 100 degrees yeah. this could threaten yeah. the global current which could seriously upend uh our ecosystem our global ecosystem i, I yeah. just how do you feel any like i don't i know you've shared this with me but anyone in general mm-hmm. how do you feel anything other than anger and resentment toward these people yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I want to just, you know, again, you know, <laughs> I didn't know the appropriate time to bring this up, but I have to say that, you know, the the court, the Supreme Court case that was concluded today about the the Mountain Valley pipeline, yeah. uh, it's lauded. I'm just reading here from a CNN article It's lauded as a win for the Joe Manchin, the Democrats and the Biden administration. 
And it says here the justices agreed to lift the lower court orders that froze construction of the project while legal challenges play out. The Supreme Court's order is a victory in from West Virginia, uh, Senator Joe Manchin, a conservative, blah, blah, blah. In, a brief, in the brief order, the court offered no extensive reasoning and no dissents were noted. <laughs> okay. So, so, okay. So, okay. I mean, I'll cut to one piece of the chase is uh, the Supreme Court is just straight up Ill, an illegitimate organization. I mean, it is just an illegitimate branch of government and and serves basically no purpose except, for, you know, to enhance the, um, you know, the legal challenges for uh, for capital and, and kind of grease those wheels uh, there. Yeah, the answer is you can't feel anything other than anger except depression, which I occasionally feel, except anxiety, which I often feel. And and, I, and I'm sure there's people nodding along listening to this being like, I as well feel confused, angry, depressed, you uh, you know, trying not to fall into nihilism. Um, you know, I'll say this, Jordan, because I could go on and on about, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the pain that I feel when when contemplating this stuff. Um, but I'll say on a positive note, um, you know, the only the, 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 the shining light that I see or the, you know, the, the glimmer of light that I see is in the, uh, you know, the burgeoning or the, the, the burgeoning American labor movement. In all of this, the only thing that you can do to combat this is is have a mass movement, period. Right. I mean, it's, it's the same old story. We know how this goes. There's, you know, capital itself, I view as like a, a weirdly non-human entity that in a weird law of the universe attracts itself to itself, like like attracts like it wants to have a global, a, a larger mass no matter what. And and the reality is that capital also is not tied necessarily to individual humans, individual people, because, you know, even when Jeff Bezos dies, you know, God willing, uh, that, you know, his that amount of capital that he's amassed through his business activities will go on and will perpetuate and will try to get bigger. Right. So it's not it's this weird inhuman entity that we're fighting. And the only thing that works proven time and time again is is mass movements against it. And I see that in the burgeoning labor movement, of course, um, you know, to bring generational, you know, warfare back into this. Of course, millennials and Zoomers have to, you know, undo the damage to worker power that, uh, you know, that 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 uh, boomers and Gen X did with their complacency. Um, and, and, you know, we're continue, we are having to shoulder the continual burden of the ills of the 20th century. And that's just our lot in life. And it's fucking, it's, it's maddening. I also find it to be, and I haven't, I can't, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that, you know, my feelings of anxiety, depression, and dread and all that stuff are over, are overpowered by this, but it is an empowering feeling seeing, um, uh, seeing this labor movement be, what I think is as our best shot at combating these things. Cause at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the fucking, the, the, the pin and the grenade has been pulled already. You know, our job is to see if we can grab it and throw it as far as we can before, before it goes off next to us. That was a good, that was a good analogy. That was great. I think I, I might use that on the no <laughs> podcast that I have. <laughs> no, it's, it's on here. So it's, it's copyright. The insurgents. All right. Yeah, no, you Sorry. Can take it. You Thank can you. Take it. No you share all your IP with us if you're on the show. Yeah, yeah that's, fine. that's fine. <laughs> There are just moments like this where I wonder why I even care anymore. And I'm wondering if you ever have those moments. And I know a lot of listeners do. And I know a lot of people in just the broader progressive space do. It's, it's seeing these threats and seeing people who are 
unable to identify what day it is or what year or what month, can't draw a clock, who can't do basic functions, perform basic functions in Congress, which is their role, and they're being paid like 200000 or in McConnell's case, probably more, uh, just from their congressional salary to to perform. They're unable to do that, and we can't do anything in response. It's just kind of, I, kind of, I, I always reach this point where I'm wondering, what am I doing here? Why do I even care about mm-hmm. this? And that despondency, that nihilism, I have to subside. You know, you have to fight against this. You have to f- fight for a better, cleaner, greener future. It's because it's the right thing to do. Because we know future generations' lives are on the line, their health, their safety, their environment's on the line. You have to do it. But it is tough to wrestle through, wrestle with and, and work through. I'm wondering, what do you do? What, how do you how do you get through these moments? Honestly, it was really nice to hear you kind of pull that thread for yourself out loud. And, and I'm sure that's the case for people listening. Um, because, you know, I, I'm, I've been thinking about this all day, you know, for 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 a month and a half. Um, you know, I sat there. I sat there um, on the, whatever that Wednesday was here in New York City, where the, you know, the, the sky blackened and turned orange. <laughs> And I remember just thinking, like, there are people walking around and just like, you know, how is how is everybody else not going insane is is what I was feeling. And and I heard some people say things like, um, ah, you know, you know, this is this will pass. You got you know, this this will pass. And yeah, I mean, this is what it's like in India. I mean, remember Beijing and, you know, the 90s and stuff like that. And I and I and I spoke about this to some folks about those those different kind of responses. And and the reality is like people's responses are different based off of their 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 response to to grief or panic or or whatever are different based off of their experiences, their childhood, their upbringing, their traumas, you know, whether or not those traumas were treated um, and most often are not. And, and so I, I almost, I, I, I felt my heart kind of open in compassion a little bit about from, for, for the person that, you know, was presenting denial as their, as their response to what was objectively an, a horrifying human experience is to have, you know, the sun blotted out, you know, I mean, this is like fucking religions were based off of eclipses and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, uh, you know, it's, it's how we react to as, as a society. I, I, I can't, I, I don't have a justification for why I think that um, persevering and, and continuing to work and not, not just accept it. I I can't tell you why or justify it. I can't show you a proof why I am doing that. I don't know why I feel in my heart, like it is continually the right thing to do to leave the, um, to leave the, the, the world a better place um, for, for future generations. The people that grew up in the bulk of the 20th century did not do that for us. And, and maybe that's my, you know, that's my take on it. And, 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 and my experience is to see that. I mean, I really, I really was grappling with that today, honestly, saying like, did we just experience in the 20th century, the high watermark of civilization? It wasn't even that great. I mean, it was pretty fucking awful in a lot of ways, but did we, was that it? Did we peak already as a society? I mean, or is this going to be a dark age? Are there going to be just, you know, the two billion of us that die because of these consequences and 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 we move on? I mean, again, these are my 
my let me let me let me let me repeat that again these are my anxious thoughts that is not to say that they're that they're that they're valid for anyone else other than me but this is this is how i'm thinking about it and 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 i feel like you know it, i i get angry at those previous generations for having been complacent and not not allowing for uh you know not not reading the tea leaves and doing anything about this and and that led me to you know looking back in the um you know in the past like 30 years or so thinking about the occupy movement and about you know the what the naysayers said about the occupy movement i think about the um you know the um anti-world trade movement in like the 90s and you know against the wto the reality is there are those of us that are continuously fighting against this and unfortunately as 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 uh, martin luther king jr said in his uh, letter from birmingham jail which i encourage anybody to read it's one of my favorite pieces and he says like you he said uh you know the the biggest detractor i'm paraphrasing here the biggest detractor of uh you know the black cause here in the 60s is not necessarily the neo-Nazi or the Klan member, and I think he said something else, but it's really the white moderate. And I, I, you could use modern terms to say like the white liberal. And the reality is there is that, that glut of, of, of complacent people that believe in incrementalism and believe in you know bipartisan support and stuff like that. Jordan, I don't know. I think, I think at some point, like many species do when they, when they reach a level of uh, stress, like things change, either either we adapt or or, or those that uh, you know are best suited for it, you know, die. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I know that I am always trying to take care of myself and ingratiate myself and my family and community to stave off those feelings of of nihilism because I believe. Sorry, I'm punching my desk. <laughs> that the right thing is to to fight against these bastard fuckers because I will be fucking damned if I die having never said my piece and done and and done what I need to do to make the world a better place for my children and children's children and etc. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This despair has influenced my life to some extent like I'm just never going to have children. I just don't want to risk it. I don't mm. want to risk bringing a kid into this world who then has to live in a environmental hellscape. We don't fully know. I mean, we have good models and predictions uh, of what the future will look like, and it doesn't look great uh, it, just in an environmental sense of the next few decades, and then it gets worse yeah. after that. Coupled with AI, I just feel like both of those together, it's going to be a really bleak future. And I don't want to bring a kid into this world. I mean, I've already got my vasectomy. I'm done. I'm, I'm there's no way it's happening. Sorry. Sorry. Go. Sorry, future there you go, man. little Jordan. Uh, you're, you're out, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, firstly, again, like, you know, I, I, my, uh, my response and my, um, conviction is that I want to continue to fight and, and propagate and, you know, and, and um, make this fucking happen. Accepting the fact that it is going to be pretty grim for probably the majority of the rest of our lives. Um, mm -hmm. But that, that doesn't, and, and it's, it's going to, that's true. I mean, it's likely that the rest of my natural life um, is going to be pretty, pretty tough, pretty tough. Um and I and I feel that and and I'm in the middle of digesting that, if I'm honest, and I'm sure that there's others listening that are also feeling the same way. I am resolved 
to say that at, at the at the end of my conclusion of of what I'm going to do, it is to be that empowering force and 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 show solidarity with the rest of the working class because we have to. I'll be fucked if those fucking capitalist fuckers are going to win out over me. Not going to happen. Sorry. I got too much grit. I'm too much of a tough prick to let them do that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's true, man. Oh, Jordan, I've been lifting heavy too, bro. Okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I've, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the power. Like I said, I've been, I've been in a, in a, in a, in a, in a chrysalis for the last year. Um, getting, <laughs> getting ready for this. I, I was listening to, um, I was listening to uh, stick to your guns this morning. I mean, we're, we're killing it. We're killing okay, it. Okay. Okay. What song? Oh, yeah. What album? This is more. This, this is, is more. More. Yeah. We're going way back in the catalog. Yeah, you know it, man. Have you ever listened to their EP? Let me pull up the name. Is it called Better Ash Than Dust? The, the answer is no. Yes. In fairness. It, 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 in fairness, uh, summertime, it's a big jazz time for me. Uh, so I've, I've been pretty. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Listen, I'm, what can I say? I'm a, I'm a frustrated jazz musician at my core. And also a frustrated uh, metal vocalist, since I don't have I don't have an outlet for that. Uh-huh. Maybe, Let's maybe start a band. You, we'll start a band. You and I. You think could I do vocals? Can we both do vocals? I can't play an instrument, yeah, but I can scream. Yeah, we could be like uh, you know, fucking three eleven. They have maybe, two vocalists. Maybe a bad example. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but you should listen to Better Ash Than Dust. That EP. I, that's where they kind of charted a. a new and bolder course i mean they've always been political but better ash yeah. than dust has some fucking bangers and that's where they really just like doubled down on their politics and then obviously from there it's it's just full steam ahead but better ash than yeah. dust that ep is just fantastic it's so underrated yeah also straight from the path this morning i was listening to well i love them yeah so, those guys are great yeah man I, it's just just good stuff but yeah jordan yeah i just like you know, I'll give I'll give you an example. Something I was thinking about this week. Like, did you see there was that Pfizer plant in North Carolina that got hit by a, a tornado? I did not. No. Oh yeah, uh, pretty intense. If you look at the picture, uh, if you just look up, uh, yeah, Pfizer North Carolina tornado. It looks like. Tell me when you see the the oh aerial God. shot there. Holy it looks shit. like the fucking side of the Pentagon on nine eleven. Doesn't yeah. it? Like it's. And they and they their 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 like corporate message was like there was no major disturbances or whatever. But fucking look at it for two seconds. It's fucked. It's really bad. Like the entire side of this whatever you know million square foot facility is just looked like it was like a you know like like those box trucks that go in those uh, those overpasses that are too too low. It's very bad. And so and I'll just I, I just have to get this out. Um, you know, under capitalism, like we were talking about before, uh, capital thrives on economies of scale, right? The, the bigger you are, the cheaper you can get it, and therefore the higher your profit margins are. This proposes a problem in a, a climate change world because when you have a centralized supply chain, and, and, and in this example, this, this individual plant provides 25% of the nation's, uh, of Pfizer's uh, sterile injectables, 
And when you when you create these, you know, these 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 silos and these, uh, you know, uh, have have a, a supply chain network with fewer and fewer nodes of of manufacturing and distribution, it's very good for the capitalists because, you know, they're getting things cheaper and they can get their unit costs down. It's very bad for us when there's a tornado that hits it and 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 a lot of the you know across our supply chain things go on back order and the sterile injectables become difficult to 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 get their hands on and treatments for for grandma and grandpa become unavailable and get pushed out that is all these are all behaviors that are rewarded by our political economy and certainly by Pfizer and and, and their majority shareholders it becomes increasingly challenging when there are these, there's there's a confluence of two very bad things that are in tension with each other. One is a centralized supply chain that, and and another example of this, of, of course, is Abbott Pharmaceuticals with um, a couple of years ago with the uh, 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 the formula shortage, the baby formula shortage, and that in that single plant in Michigan was like forty percent of the entire uh, uh, supply chain in the uh, supply in the United States of baby formulas. It was an infant famine. Man-made, but of course, it's a perfect storm of the confluence of, of factors of the fact that economies of scale, of scale are rewarded. The fact that under capitalism, there is um, uh, monopolistic tendencies, right? There's a tendency toward monopoly, which is obviously fucking funny because we always hear from you know capitalism capitalists and their stewards in government that like we got to have competition, we got to make sure we get competitive, you know, and that's that's it's simply a lie because under capitalism. It is an inherently anti-competitive system. Uh, so marry that fact in, uh, you know, with the fewer nodes of production within the supply chain with the fact that that climate change is going to fuck up a lot of it and make it worse. And, you know, there's going to be these, you know, thousand year floods that happen every two weeks and 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 reduce, you know, fuck up our already aging infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is this is this none of this is fixed without having a completely radical uh, 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 renegotiation of our social contract. It's just not going to happen without it. We need to have a massive public works program and fucking defund the military, defund the cops, have a, have a massive uh, public works program, have a massive, you know, a uh, 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 huge apparatus of healthcare, including mental health care that will help treat the trauma that we are going to incur, um, you know, as a result of these horrible traumatic events with climate. How many people extra are dying this year than last year because of climate related fucks? It's it's so it's very bad. Um, and and so the pressure that we must put on and I would suggest that we do this through the power of our of our burgeoning labor movement, as well as, you know, the, the power of uh, uh, dangling the, um, you know, the 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 axe over the bellies of the capitalists with a general strike or literally um, just kidding parody. <laughs> ha ha ha. Uh, and it's. Um, that that is what we need to do in order to get the things that we must have to survive as you know the glut of individuals that don't own capital absolutely well let's leave it on that motivational note uh that, mm. that was fantastic dwight thank you so much for joining me i would say where can people find you but you've hung up the mic yeah came yeah. out of retirement plug just nothing. for this plug, <laughs> I like plug that. nothing find me on Find me on Blue Sky. You know that's that's where I'm having some fun. Uh, just get me there. 
Rhino Soros. You know where to find me. And and thank you, thank you, Jordan, for having me in mind and and having me on the program, getting to talk to all the the, the wonderful folks and listeners. Um, it's 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 always an honor to chat with you, buddy. Absolutely, it was great. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure.